Hi, I'm Chris Spizak, and this is the Words You Should Know podcast. A few stolen minutes out of your day to talk words and communication, because our daily lives are surrounded by the evolution of and the influence of words. Forget the grammar police. There is so much more to this conversation. Welcome to episode number 45, where we're talking distress signals. Not because we're feeling distressed necessarily, or at least I hope not, but because there are secret grammar mistakes hiding in plain sight if you know where to look for them. Really? Yes, indeed. Or if you don't have language correction tendencies, let's bring it down to a simple question. Where does the word mayday come from? And another, how about SOS? There are stories here, folks, and we'll get into them today. But first, let's dive into the latest in word, language, and writing news. And we have a lot worth touching on today. Rather than going in-depth into any of these stories, I'm going to remind you that links to all of these updates are in my show notes. Here are the top seven language news stories since our last episode. Helsinki's mayor recently suggested that the Finnish capital should be an English language city. The Oxford English Dictionary just had a quote-unquote K update, adopting over 20 new words from the Korean language. Merriam-Webster's definition for the term anti-vaxxer has gone under attack. The New York Times recently declared gender pronouns are changing and it's exhilarating. I love that energy personally. Blockchain technology could provide secure communications for robot teams. Because yeah, we've got to think about these things too. A Facebook exec on moderating hate speech outside the U.S. answered, and I quote, language is a challenge. Yep. And wow, the language stories we could get into with Facebook, but I'm holding off since this is a quick review. And lastly, Psychology Today just published an article called Why Terms of Address Matter, speaking to the idea of what we call one another having consequences for the relationship. Fascinating. Seriously, all of this. That's seven stories. There is so much more to cover. In fact, I had trouble narrowing down the top stories for this episode. So follow my social media feeds to stay in the loop with the latest in communication news. Follow me at Chris Spizak on Twitter and at KS Writing on Facebook. Links to everything I've mentioned, again, are in the show notes on my website, getagripponyourgrammar.com. Intrigued? Excited about what you can bring to your next water cooler conversation, whether it's an actual water cooler or something along those lines on Zoom? You could argue that how we as people connect with each other is changing faster than ever, couldn't you? More on communication news next time, though. It's time to dive into today's English language history and trivia. Have you ever wondered where the word Mayday comes from? Does it have to do something with the 1st of May and a maypole? No, that's not what we're talking about. Does it have something to do with permissions and a Jennifer Garner movie where the grown-ups say yes to everything the kids ask for in a single day? Nope, that's yes day, not May day. Can versus May, conversations aside. So May day, May day, are you in distress? Let's explore where this term comes from. Let's set the scene. You're on a ship sailing across the Atlantic Ocean. A storm far out on the horizon is already producing waves that bounce your vessel up 
and down into peaks and valleys, crests and troughs, and then comes the wind, tearing at anyone on deck, and the rain whipping the sleeves of your shirt and the hair on your head, and the thunder booms so loud it echoes across the roiling sea. Okay, am I channeling Daniel Defoe's Robinson Crusoe? Maybe. Maybe not. But what is a ship captain to do? How do they signal their distress? Mayday. Mayday. It's spelled as one word, not two. For you know, if there was a space involved and it was two words, we'd be back to talking about the first day of May, picnics, maypole dances. You get the idea. You know this word Mayday, but what about its origin? Supposedly, May Day was coined by Frederick Stanley Mockford, a senior radio officer in Croydon, a town in England. But whether he's the first official person to say it is not quite proven. But that's not the important part of the story. May Day was first tested as an emergency distress signal on planes that flew between England and France across the English Channel, as well as with air traffic between the U.S. and France. You're seeing France as a big part of this story, and it all starts coming together. The word Mayday comes from the French phrase Mayday. Excuse my terrible French accent. That's M apostrophe A-I-D-E-R, which is a simple, literal request. Help me. And when that call is anglicized, we get our word Mayday, M-A-Y-D-A-Y. But wait... There's a problem. This must be fake news. Now, why the hesitation? Well, it comes down to grammar. Because while logically, to one who doesn't speak strong French, Mayday would translate to help me. But to others who do indeed speak proper French, they would say, um, no. Or perhaps something slightly more eloquent. French speakers listening, please fill in this blank with the appropriate language to use when shaking your head at someone getting your language wrong. I know, it happens. Apparently, help me would be said a bit differently in French. Mayday translates as to help me, but technically it would need a verb to make sense, like help me translate this please, or help me not make a grammar mistake as I'm setting international communications protocol. It's a simple language mistake. Mayday doesn't, or should I say shouldn't, stand alone. But hey, that's what I'm here for with the English language. We all have to keep helping each other out when it comes to our language cause. So does this grammar flaw point out fake news entirely with this French language word origin story with Mayday? Oh, for a moment it does seem so. There are so many fake news stories out there. But then I'll ask another question. What was the background of those who introduced the term Mayday to the world? If it was indeed Frederick Stanley Mockford, he was English. And if it was somebody else, my bet is that they were not French, but loosely familiar with the French language. Mayday. A bit of a mistake, but there we are. And we can't end this conversation without a shout out to SOS, which was the primary distress signal used that needed to be replaced. And yes, there were others, and that is a different conversation, but let's just talk SOS for now. Why did SOS need to be replaced or supplemented? Well, SOS is often thought to be an acronym for Save Our Souls or Save Our Ship, but it was introduced during the Morse Code era, and that telegraphic form holds the answer to its meaning. SOS was a collection of short and long dots and dashes that were adapted as a distress signal because the pattern stood out and was easily recognizable. 
Sadly, I think I learned the pattern in my childhood from an SOS brand steel wool soap pad commercial with dirty dishes in a sink clanging it out, but you probably have a much more academic memory of learning this than me. SOS was powerful. Easy Morse code for those communicating via telegraph. However, while ships used telegraphs, airplanes did not. As aircraft were put into use more and more, they used radio and shouting out S-O-S is not as clear as it could be. S's were often mistaken for F's, and in a moment of absolute urgency, do you think anyone would have the state of mind or even the time to clarify? No, excuse me, let me repeat, that's S like Sam, O like Oreo, or to use the international radio telephony spelling alphabet, I-R-D-S, think Alpha Bravo Charlie, do you want that captain or pilot to have to shout into the radio, Sierra, Oscar, Sierra, Sierra, Oscar, Sierra. What? Or actually, let me go back in time and be a bit more applicable. We're talking before the standard usage of the military phonetic alphabet, which wasn't greatly used until World War II. Back in 1927, it would not have been Sierra, Oscar, Sierra, but Santiago, Oslo, Santiago, because the early version used city names from across the world. You see the problem. Nobody needs that confusion shouted over the radio in a moment of distress. And to come full circle, after the early tests that tried out the new distress signal, the International Radio Telegraph Convention, also in 1927, lists 51 rules. And the official usage of Mayday, M-A-Y-D-A-Y, was among them. Clarity, speed, this was what was needed. And where was this convention held? Washington, D.C., a place not known for its proper French grammar. So Mayday, from the French, which isn't correct French, but they were trying. And trying is good, but it stuck. Jumped and solidified into English before anyone could really stop it. Also in 1927, a big year for clarity in distress signal communications, the United States formally adopted Mayday as the official radio telegraph distress signal explaining in Article 19 of their resolution that Mayday originates, and I quote, in the French pronunciation of the expression Mayday, M apostrophe A-I-D-E-R, end quote. Language just takes off like that sometimes, and sometimes it goes in the wrong direction. We see it happen. Language, it cannot be controlled sometimes. Should we call for an SOS? Nah, but let's keep hanging on for the ride. All right. Turning to today's language challenge, I'm going to twist our conversation in a slightly different direction. If multiple distress signals were coming in at the same time, maybe the radio operators would have to prioritize and organize the help needed. If all the emergencies were equal, they would say, first come, first serve, or first come, first served. Which is it? First come, first serve, or first come, first served. Sure, this is an expression often discussed more in line with restaurants and delis, but it's something to know either way. Only one is correct. First come, first serve, or first come, first served with an E-D. Do you know? The answer, as always, can be found on my website at getagripponyourgrammar.com. And as a reminder, a free download of fiction, editing, cheat sheets, family story, writing references, and business communication tips are also available on my website, getagripponyourgrammar.com. 
For my personal update, I know I shared in the last episode the exciting news that my first novel, The Baba Yaga Mask, is coming April 2022. Yes, my first novel, though it will be my fourth book. But today's update goes in a slightly different direction. Amid the pandemic, like all of you, I haven't been going to big events over the past two years. And thus, a number of my favorite workshops and programs that I love to do with audiences were either put on hold or done virtually. And virtually is great, not quite the same as being with a live audience, but still fun and workable. But this month and next, I actually have a number of in-person events that we're attempting. Outdoors for some, masked for others, distance and thoughtful, hopefully with all, but live audiences for my Grammartopia programs, for my StoryStop programs, for workshops. I am tentatively thrilled and excited. Tentatively, so much tentatively. I hope you and your words are doing well, everyone. I know we've all had enough with feelings of SOS and May Day. Maybe we should just channel that New York Times article and their feelings of exhilaration about change. What do you think? Aren't words fun and fascinating? I think so. If you do too, you can have even more English language exploration sent directly to your inbox once a month. Learn more and sign up for my newsletter at getagripponyourgrammar.com. Yes, there's the title of my first book again, Get a Grip on Your Grammar. We all need to sometimes, don't we? And beyond my monthly newsletter, Get a Grip on Your Grammar is also a great place for free downloads and to learn more about my books, Get a Grip on Your Grammar, the Novel Editing Workbook, the Family Story Workbook, and the Baba Yaga Mask, coming soon. Thank you so much to those of you who have taken the time to review or rate this podcast. And if you haven't, why don't you head over to wherever you listen and do so. I am so grateful for it. Until next time. Words. Language. Communication. We've got this.